2: Side for dry settle. McDavid's on the ice. Russell can't get it to him. He'll reset with 20 seconds to go. He gets it up for McDavid. He's got a breakaway. Pulls off centers. What time score. He'll swing
1: it out to the outside and it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. Darrell Walker with the touchdown and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, good to
2: have you tuning in tonight. Really appreciate it. Steve Barton, the linesman who was injured last night in the game between the Oilers and the Blue Jackets, was able to fly home this morning, so uh, he'll s- still need to recover a little bit, but looks like he's going to be okay. Pretty scary there, the way he slammed his head on the ice. The Boston Bruins have re-signed Zdeno Chara, giving him a new contract for next year, one year, $5 million. He is 41 years old. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, of course. You can call 780-496-00638. You can text 630-630. West End Ron writing in tonight. He goes, Kelly Rudy is such a buffoon. He hates the Oilers so much that he actually thinks McDavid isn't the best. Why have such an anti-Oiler as a guest? His views are now becoming comical. I can't wait till the Oilers host the cup and that idiot Rudy will have to live it. That is West End Ron commenting on... West End Kelly Rudy, who grew up in a West End neighborhood. Ryan says, all this talking you guys are doing about how Connor shouldn't get it because the Oilers aren't making the playoffs on our hometown radio is a pile of garbage. You should be talking about how he has carried a terrible team this year and that he really deserves the heart, especially to play as hard as he does when it doesn't seem to motivate the other high-priced so-called talent. And this texture says, I love Connor McDavid. He is awesome. However, an MVP steps up when it counts. Early this season, the team needed McDavid to keep them in the games, and that didn't happen. Now the pressure is off, so McDavid's performance is less significant. MVPs are able to keep struggling teams in the hunt. McDavid didn't do that earlier, though this texture adds that he or she does really love Connor McDavid. Well, like I said, uh, there's no right answer. I will say this uh, to Ryan, who texted in. I don't think I should automatically advocate for an oiler to win every single award simply because uh, I work in Edmonton. And I will ask Ryan and other people this. as in, if, if you weren't an Oilers fan, who would you vote for? Because I'm guessing a lot of you would say, I'm not voting for the guy not in the playoffs if you were totally neutral about it. Like, if you were in Denver, or, you know, if you were an Avalanche fan, what are they probably saying? It is a very interesting debate, and I, uh, I do enjoy hearing from all of you. 6.30, 6.30 is the text line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Western Hockey League play action uh, playoff action tonight. I want to touch on this as well. Prince Albert and Moose Jaw scoreless early in the first. Moose Jaw is up 2-1 in that series. Lethbridge and Red Deer just underway as well. Red Deer facing elimination. Lethbridge is up three games to nothing. Brandon leads Medicine Hat 2-0 after the first period. And Medicine Hat has a 2-1 lead in that series. In the NHL, 3-2 now. Maple Leafs up on the Panthers. That's late in the second period. Panthers in a playoff chase there, trying to track down New Jersey. Rangers and Capitals 1-1. That is... Early in the second period all right pretty cool news last week Hank Alisic former Edmonton Eskimos punter he's going to be inducted into the CFL Hall of Fame went to high school in Edmonton quite an interesting path to the Eskimos and the CFL and Hank joins us now Hank welcome to the show how are you doing doing very well thank you well from St. Joseph's High School to the Canadian Football Hall of, Fa- Hall of Fame how does that sound
0: Uh, it's quite the honor it really is uh, it really caps off a career and especially coming from Edmonton uh, coming out of high school
2: it's quite the honor well, let's, let's go back there, Hank. We might as well start, start at the beginning. Uh, you know, like, like I said, going to St. Joe's, uh, starting to play for the Eskimos as, as a teenager. Who first got you punting a football, or, or where, was, uh, where was the interest in that? Uh, do you remember where it all started, even, even before you were a pro? Uh, I, I remember exactly, in fact. I
0: started kicking the football maybe, I was about 12 years old. I was self-taught. A football wandered by my by by my feet one day when we were at Norwood School on 111th Avenue and 95th Street. I picked it up and kicked it back to the, to the kids on the other side of the field, and they went over the fence. So uh, we had quite the chuckle, and they threw the ball back and asked me if I could do it again. Sure enough, they did. So ever since that time, I started kicking, practicing, and Getting ready to go to the next level, if the opportunity permitted.
2: That's amazing. So you're just a natural at it. That's uh, that's awesome. So so you're kicking as a teenager. Now, were you like, were you still in high school when the Eskimos first approached you, or what's the story there?
0: Yes, I was. I, I, I finished school at uh, St. Joe's and ride my bike home, and then ride
2: the bike over to practice. <laughs> oh, wow. A little bit of a different lifestyle for a high school kid, eh? <laughs> it was uh, it
0: was fairly fast, yes,
2: it was. What was it like? I mean, obviously you would have been the youngest player on the Eskimos. What was it like, um, you know, fitting into the to the locker room with probably guys that were uh, quite a bit older than you and probably had you know had a little different life experiences than you. Well, most of
0: those players I watched. Years prior to that, they, uh, they were basically my idols. Players like Cutler, Wilkinson, uh, Dan Kepley, Tom Towns, Dale Potter, Dave Finell. Yeah, they, uh, they were my idols. So when I did start playing for the Eskimos, it was a fairly easy transition because it was a veteran ball team. They took me under their wing.
2: Well, and obviously it was uh, quite a time to join the team because uh, they went on, that was right when they were rolling into those five straight Grey Cups from 78 to 82. Hank, you're an incredibly successful team. You were a big part of it. Highly competitive, though, and obviously everybody was trying to knock the Eskimos off for that entire time. What do you think separated that team and allowed them to keep winning year after year?
0: Well, it starts from the top down. It obviously starts from the management, the coaching staff, uh, the, the players. We had a way of jelly on the field. If Well, there's three aspects to football you have. Your, your offense, your defense, your special teams. Sometimes they don't know fire the way you want or work the way you want. But we always found a way to win. We always did. And uh, Dan Kepley had a had a way of getting the best out of the players. He really did. He was our leader.
2: How so? What did Kepley do that, that made him special as a leader?
0: Well, if, if, if you look what he accomplished on the field, if we didn't play up to par or, or if we, uh, we're not doing what we're supposed to, we'd have to face the wrath of Kemp. Nobody wanted to do that. Trust me. Nobody wanted to do that.
2: That sounds cool. And, and that went for kickers included, eh? He, he didn't care if you were defense, offense, or special teams? Thursday, night.
0: Nobody was sacred. It didn't matter what position you played. He raised the bars for all of, all of your players. Exactly. You really
2: did. Yeah. Hank Alistic joining us on Inside Sports. Former Eskimos punter. He's heading into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. What was your... Relationship like with uh, with Dave Cutler? and I've, I've had the pleasure of talking to Dave as well. I know sometimes uh, at practice, the, the, the kickers can kind of maybe wind up uh, a little bit on their own, doing a bit of their own thing. What was your relationship like with Dave? Oh,
0: it was very well, actually. It showed on the field. Um, we probably had the best kicking duo in football. If you check the stats, if you check the wins... I think you'd be hard-pressed to see any duo that accomplished as much as Dave and I did.
2: Well, there's no doubt about that, and you guys won a ton for sure. Hank, you mentioned how you you picked up the ball and and you just kind of had this ability and then you kind of were self-taught. When you joined the CFL, did you have to learn any other details? Because um, I know sometimes punters will say it's one thing to kick it far, but it's also the, the placement of it as well. Was that part of your learning process?
0: Well, eventually, to be an effective punter or kicker in the league, you have to be able to control the ball and, and, and place it in a particular direction. That eventually comes with more practice. And uh, while I was a kid going to junior high school and high school, I would ride my bike to watch the Eskimos practice. I would watch, I would observe, I would learn.
2: So it eventually came to me. You won seven Grey cups. I mean, when you when you look back on that, and, and, and I know they weren't all with Edmonton, I think you had the one with Toronto, but, but when you look back and you see guys grinding it out and, and some great players who maybe don't win any or just win one or two, uh, I mean, you got to pinch yourself sometimes on the career you had? I've been
0: very blessed being on some very successful winning teams. Uh, it's, it, it is a feat to get... To play in that level, uh, to go to the Grey Cup, and to win, again, is another feat in itself. And I've been very, very blessed.
2: Do you still watch football these days, Hank? Or are you still interested in the CFL, or, or or is it not the same now that you're not playing? Oh,
0: absolutely, I watch it. Uh, it you never lose that fire that burns inside. Um, I, I... I I watch it closely. I try
2: players, and that's something you never lose. So, what are there any uh, players you really enjoy these days, or maybe is it any any kickers that you think like, hey, that guy's that guy's pretty good. He reminds me of me. <laughs> well, obviously, Medlock. Right. Is very, very good. Um, he probably
0: is the best kicker in the league. Uh, Mike Riley is obviously
2: the best quarterback and the MVP in the league, and of course he plays with the Eskimos. Yeah, right on, Hank. Let people know um, post football. I mean, we're we're sharing a lot of memories here, but obviously uh, your life has continued after football. Let people know just sort of where uh, life has taken you since you retired.
0: Well, I'm I'm in Aurelia, which is an hour and a half north of Toronto. I own and operate a high-performance center. I train athletes, weight management, rehab, and I also mentor kickers. And in fact, I have a couple that are playing in the CIS as we speak. And it's something where I I like to pass the torch. You have to. As an athlete, there's nothing more fulfilling if you can help an athlete get to the next level and if you can do something in regards to changing their life, it doesn't get any better.
2: Well, that's very well said and that's so cool that that you're mentoring kickers and you have a couple playing uh, university football. When you mentor guys, uh, how much do you focus on the physical abilities and the tools uh, that they need and how much do you focus on the mental part of the game and the focus and and the preparation? Because sometimes it's that side that, at a high level that winds up separating guys.
0: Well, obviously, the, the physical aspect is, is important. You, it, it really helps if you have the body type, depending on what position or sport you're playing. Mental capacity is probably the most important component in performance. For example, Wayne Gretzky. He wasn't the biggest player. He wasn't the fastest player. He wasn't the best skater. But what he did mentally, nobody to even compete or compare to them. The David Jones to Wayne Gretzky so that that's proof in itself.
2: Yeah, well said. Well, Hank, I know a lot of Eskimos fans are really happy for you, and I know it's been cool for me talking to people who watched you play. And I I was a lot younger, but I remember seeing you play as well, and you're an outstanding kicker. I think this is a long-overdue honor. I can tell that you really appreciate it and that you're enjoying it. So thank you so much for talking to me, talking to Eskimos fans tonight. All the best. Thank you very much. That is Hank Alisic checking in tonight. Good for him going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame later this year. And, yeah, pretty amazing story. Talking about going to Norwood School, 111th Ave, 95th Street, playing for the Eskimos while he was going to St. Joseph's High School. He'd ride his bike over to practice. <laughs> pretty unique story for sure. It's 721 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're coming right back. <laughs> This is Mike Riley from Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. West End, Ron texting the show once again. He says, by the way, Reed, the 49ers will win the Super Bowl this year. Jimmy G! Exclamation mark. West End, Ron, how is a 6-10 team going to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl? Just a question. Just a question, West End Ron. <laughs> I always give West End Ron a hard time about the uh, 49ers. Big Eskimos fan. Ron is as well. Great to have him texting in to 630, 630. The uh heart trophy discussion ongoing. I love how many people are interested in this. I mean, this to me this is better in general than just having one obvious winner. Oz says uh, Anderson, the goaltender in Toronto, warrants consideration. The Leafs aren't in the top 20 without him. And I hate the Leafs, says Oz. Just Oz just wanted to remind everybody he hates the Leafs, but he's willing to suggest one of their players for the Hart Trophy. As for McDavid, he was asked about his chances of winning the Hart after practice today. Uh,
3: to be honest, I don't really know what be, the 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 debate is I know there's obviously a lot of a lot of a lot of different players in and and in the in the question and uh, they're all in it for different reasons and people are in different situations and, and whatnot so you know it's not uh, not up for for me to decide
2: Well, you know he's going to deflect it, right? I'm sure he would be thrilled to win it. I'm sure he would be more thrilled to go into the playoffs. McDavid, 21 points in his last 10 games. Pretty incredible, 48 points in his last 28 games. Maple Leafs still up 3-2 on the Panthers. That is now after two periods, and that's a tense one for the Panthers coming into tonight. Two games in hand on the New Jersey Devils, so they'll just have one game in hand at the uh, end of the evening. Three points back of the Devils who uh, their next game is against Pittsburgh tomorrow. That's the good race in the east. In the west, we're keeping an eye on L.A. with 91, St. Louis and Anaheim also with 91, Colorado with 90 currently out of the playoffs. So that's the wild card slash Pacific Division chase. Anaheim and L.A. technically tie for third in the division. L.A. right now getting the tiebreaker, so that bumps Anaheim down. Into the wildcard spot. Trucker Dave says, Hi, Reed, about time you played Def Leppard on the show tonight. Well, I agree, Trucker Dave. Kellen Kennedy is in charge of spinning the tunes, though. Well, it came up in a rotation. It was time for it to play. Here we go. Tyler Benson, Oilers prospect, currently in the WHL playoffs with the Vancouver Giants. Had a pretty good game last night. He's coming up after the news. Inside Sports on Chet.
3: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chet,
2: really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Talbot and the Oilers place uh, facing the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow. By the way, it looks like El Montoya will be good to be the backup tomorrow night. He's had to miss the last two games. Laurent Bressois up from the farm on an emergency basis. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We'll have that Oilers game for you tomorrow. Six o'clock face-off show, game at eight. The Oilers update for Niscu Ford. Every model on sale every day. Niskew Ford above expectations. Very competitive first round of the Western Hockey League playoffs going on. And Edmontonian Tyler Benson with the Vancouver Giants. They're taking on their rivals from Victoria. And Tyler checks in now. Hey, Tyler, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good and yourself. I'm doing well. It's good to catch up with you. You guys have uh, been able to take a 2-1 series lead here on Victoria. Was it was it 5-1 last night? You guys did you did you did you take it to them or was the game a little closer than the score indicated?
3: Oh, well, we played a good game. Um, it was one nothing with about a minute left in the second and we got a power play goal to go up two nothing into the third and third period they just uh finished strong. Uh, they tried pushing uh, offensively a little bit more and we took advantage of that.
2: Tyler, you had a goal and an assist in that game. You guys took a two-one series lead. Uh, tell me a little bit about this series so far, and the and the matchup uh, with Victoria. And, and like I mentioned, I, I'm I'm going to guess there's a bit of a rivalry going on there too.
3: Yeah, throughout the year we play them, I think, 10 times. So uh, we definitely know a lot about them. Um, the series has been it's been a rough one. Uh, a lot of battles. Um, they got some uh, good, quick little boards up that uh, we've had to shut down a little bit, uh, but series has been good, and uh, we've been playing
2: well. All right, and game four tomorrow, you're at home for that one? Yep, home game tomorrow. Okay. All right. Hey, Tyler, it's good to talk to you again. Of course, you were drafted by uh, the Oilers, uh, 32nd overall back in 2016. Uh, we've been talking about you a, a lot over the years, ever since you, you had that incredible uh, Bantam career, and you go to the WHL, and now, you, and now you're now you an Oilers prospect. So a lot of reasons to catch up with you. Uh, and, and Tyler, i, I got to ask you this, and you and I have talked about it before, and I was – I'm kind of ready to move off it, but I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you one more time because, you know, I, I put your name in the old Google machine just to make sure I didn't miss anything or read the latest newspaper coverage about you in Vancouver. And you put in the name Tyler Benson, and you automatically get all these headlines back, and some of them aren't recent. You know, in the last year or two with uh with injuries and you have had to battle a few injuries that have limited your games in a couple of seasons uh i mean are you feeling healthy are you are you ready to sort of move beyond that part of your story
3: i'm feeling healthy and i'm I'm feeling good happy and positive right now yeah it's uh it's been a last couple of years definitely weren't uh, the way i wanted the seasons to go but it, it, it's been a good year I mean it took a little bit this year even to, to start feeling really good again so but I'm at the point right now where I'm playing freely and the body can move good
2: 69 points in 58 games in the regular season five points so far in three playoff games so you're you're off on the score sheet which is good are you are you playing on a line with Ty Ronning? no we're on different lines you're uh, different lines now, okay yeah yeah we're different all right so that's obviously you obviously have you're spreading the offense around then because he's an exceptional scorer.
3: Yeah, I know he had a special year Um scored 60, so he's been in a very tough
2: leg. All right, Tyler Benson from the Vancouver Giants joining us tonight. In terms of what you've been through there in Vancouver, and like I said when I was looking into some stuff for this interview, I didn't realize that it had been this many, but you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Have you had five head coaches since you've been there?
3: Uh, I'll have to think. Uh <sighs> Started uh, when I was 15 at uh, Don Hay, uh, when I was just affiliating, and, uh Troy Ward and Claude Noel. After that, Lauren Mulliken and now Jason McKee. Those, those have been my coaches.
2: Wow. Okay. It, was that was that tough at all on you? I mean, you're trying to learn and, and stake a claim on the team and in, in the league. What's that been like, having all those coaches?
3: Yeah, no, it's definitely different, uh, especially when you have to come in each year. You're not knowing who your coach is going to be, yeah a little bit tough, but uh, these past couple of years we've had Jason McKee, a little more stability. It's been nice for us, and um, we had a good year.
2: Alright. Just in terms of your of uh, of your progress as a player, and now you're a little older in the league, what do you think some of the biggest strides are you've been able to take this season, Tyler?
3: Uh, this season, um, I guess the uh, biggest strides I've been able to take are just, just being able to practice and be in the lineup every game, uh, being able to work on my skating, being able to I guess see the ice a little bit better uh, whenever you get to keep playing consistently. Um, you, you see the ice a little better, and I think those are the things I've been able to do. I uh, tried to be a little more of a shooter this year, shot the puck a little more, and I think uh, doubled my goals from any past year. So,
2: Right. Well, and that's interesting, too, because, uh, I mean, even McDavid here in Edmonton, and he talks about that, that shooting mentality. So where did that where did that come from, Pugh? Was it from that watching video was that just not being indecisive on the ice? How do you get more into that mentality?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I guess past has sometimes been known to try and overpass make a play that's not there. So just trying to keep things a little more simple. Um, if I have a shot, take it. I know I have a good shot, so
2: if I'm there, I can use it. The, but i still just trying to make the best play that's there. All right. Do you do you give any thought to the, the potential of your final WHL game being played at some point here this spring, or, or do you try to avoid letting your mind wander down that road?
3: Yeah, no, right now we're just uh, just thinking about winning these, these games. Uh, we're doing it series by series. Um, we believe that uh, we can beat any team this league. so I'm not sure when it's going to we but uh, we're, we're positive right now, and we believe we can go far if uh, we keep playing the way we are.
2: All right. Well, Tyler, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you know, Like I said, I, I find these WHL playoffs really interesting. Obviously, it's tight in your division. you got some of those powerhouse teams in Saskatchewan playing off that uh, you'll likely, if the Giants make the finals, you'll likely reach one of those. So it's been a tight year in the dub. Thanks for checking in, buddy. It's always great to have you on the show, okay? All right,
3: yeah, thanks for having me.
2: That is Tyler Benson checking in tonight, and uh, he was drafted uh, again, of course, by the Oilers in the second round in 2016. 32nd overall. Interesting prospect. I mean, he talked about battling injuries. He's ready to put that behind him. Limited in games in 15-16 and 16-17. Just played 30 and 33 respectively. Almost a full season this year. I think Tyler, a very intelligent player. I don't think he's the fastest guy on the ice, but reads the game very well. So... Uh, he's a guy who I think, you know, probably going to be more of a depth player if and when he does make the Edmonton Oilers, but definitely a guy to watch. It is 741. You can text 63630. The phone number is We'll update that scoreboard when we get back. Big game for the Panthers tonight. They're trying to come from behind against the Maple Leafs. And we'll uh, check in with Golden Bears football coach Chris Morris, one of their offensive linemen, getting uh, heavy interest in pro football. We'll have that story when we get back.
3: This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat.
2: Still, still 3-2, the Leafs leading the Panthers. 13 minutes left. It was 3-0 Toronto at one point. Rangers and Capitals 1-1 after two. Coyotes and Golden Knights coming up. Same with the Flyers and the Avalanche. Those are 8 o'clock starts. Western Hockey League playoffs tonight. Regina out to a 2-0 lead on Swift Current. Of course, Oilers uh, prospect goaltender Stuart Skinner plays for Swift Current, and they do lead the series 2-1, so Regina trying to tie it up. Moose Jaw and Prince Albert scoreless after the first. Moose Jaw up two games to one there. Brandon leads Medicine Hat 3-0 midway through the second period. Medicine Hat with a 2-1 series lead. And Lethbridge trying to sweep Red Deer in Red Deer. That one is 1-1 after the first period. Coming up later tonight, Portland at Spokane. Kyler Yamamoto playing for Spokane. And uh, Kelowna and Tri-City just getting underway. That is in the dub tonight. Sam G. texting 630 30. He says, Hi, Reed. It's good to know Hank Alisic went to St. Joe's. I graduated St. Joe's High School. It was a good school. Thank you, Sam G. Always love to hear from Sam. I can't tell you much about Edmonton high schools besides the names. Mm. So I didn't go to high school here. I have some friends that went to St. Joe's. You went they to? Uh, let okay. me guess. I know yours. You were Ross Shep. No. You were uh, Harry Ainley. No. You were uh, Vic. No. You were Vic. No. Uh, East Glen. No. Uh, You're close with Archbishop Glenn, Romero. Is that a high school? No. I mean I, I didn't go to Archbishop Romero. You were, Gromero, pa- but you were I'm Paul Kane. Sure. No. Uh ABJ. No. AOB. No. CIA. No. Alright. I'm MIA some days, but Oh, yeah, well, Emmy Lazert. <laughs> there we go. Yes, you went to Emmy Lizard. Yes. You, Yeah, You were the mascot. I, I remember was. you told that story. Yeah. What are they what were they uh Voyager. A Voyager. Yes. Who it? Is is it the Mc, uh, McNally's a tiger? I believe so. Which is yeah. the high school on the on the top of the hill? On the uh, when you um, go across the Dawson, not the Dawson Bridge, uh, the one bridge, and then you go up. Yeah, Wait. somebody on a text line will be able to tell you. Hey, isn't that McNally? I, I believe so. I yeah. don't know. I, well, Harry Ainley always has good sports teams, right? Yes. Isn't that where uh, yeah. former city councilor Brian Anderson coached?
1: I, yeah, I think so. We had him on the show way back when. I oh, we've had we yeah, we've
2: that. had uh, Brian on the show a few yeah. times. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I. I, I, I probably named some Edmonton high schools, but you this did, thing, I didn't yes. grow up in Edmonton. I have I have no children, <laughs> so I'm a little I'm a little shaky. Uh, even though I've lived in Edmonton most of my adult life, yeah. I'm still a little shaky on the you, Edmonton education. And system. you went to high school outside of Edmonton, correct? Yeah, Evansburg. Evansburg Grand yeah. Trunk High School it was named after the railroad. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say O'Leary? Somebody just texted in O'Leary. <laughs> no, you didn't. But And somebody says, yep, McNally. That's the one yeah, at the there top of the hill.
1: So, yeah, that's my favorite. I think
2: there's tennis courts by McNally. hmm Yeah. Great walking up by there, too. Tons of trails and everything like that. Don Juan texting the show. Uh, Don Juan DeMarco. Good film from the 1990s. Starling uh, Marlon Brando and Johnny Depp. Hey, Reed, you asked how to stop antics like Anaheim's recent activity in overtime. Your thoughts on introducing a backcourt violation solely in overtime? It may add additional suspense. I got to say this with rules. I'd be willing to experiment with that. I, I don't know how it would actually work. So, you'd have to cross. So, say once you crossed your own blue line, you couldn't circle back, or once you crossed the center ice red line, you couldn't circle back. I mean, the thing is, I don't even think Anaheim brought the puck outside of their own zone on some of those, though. They were just circling back within their own zone. Like uh, like Bruce, uh, Bruce Arthur on Twitter said, the uh, National Post columnist, NHL coaches will try to find a way to ruin everything, and he says now they're trying to ruin three-on-three. We'll see. It worked for uh, Anaheim, so you can't blame him. Several people saying, yes, McNally is on the top of the hill, Oh, and uh, we've got a... Dustin, a fellow Voyager, texting hey, in. Hey, what's up, Dustin? So, what part of town is uh, Lazert? Uh, Londonderry. So, just north of Londonderry. Okay, Mall. isn't so there another the one? Isn't there another one by Londonderry?
1: There's a junior high school by Londonderry called okay. Londonderry Junior High. But... Isn't O'Leary up there?
2: Yeah, it's uh, on Eighty Two Street. We're off of 66. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, bon- now, Bonnie Dune was a high school, but isn't it now Vimy Ridge? Uh, yes. I think it's now a sports game. It is. Uh, Blake Dermott, yep. our Eskimos analyst, went mm-hmm. to uh, when it was Bonnie Dune, but I think it's now Vimy Reyes. Oh, St. FX, that's a high school. Mm-hmm. Jasper Place, look at all the ones I'm remembering now. I said Paul Kane, but that's in St. Albert, isn't it? You, you should run for a school board. Seat. I really, I really should. I think just me being able to list off about forty percent of take, Edmonton high schools—take your pick, public with, or Catholic, you with know, varying one you degrees want. of accuracy—really qualifies me as a school board trustee. That's, that's exactly what people want. Yeah, <laughs> you could be, be minister of sport for whatever school. Uh, Queenie, Queen there Elizabeth. Go. There's another high school. Yep. Well, wow, we're cooking with gas now. We're gonna yeah. have to do a whole. We should do. We should. You know that would be a that'd be a great inside sports show. Mm-hmm. We do a whole. Sc- we do a whole show with high school students and athletes. That's an what, idea. What's stopping us from doing that? Find different coach. I mean, there's coaches in the Edmonton nope. high school system who've probably been coaching their sport for decades and deserve some recognition and a profile. And there's hundreds of outstanding high school athletes. But let's get. Here's an idea for a show. We're to go. gonna we're gonna do this this spring. I'm serious. Let's get Big Daddy so here's, on the call. And make I, I'm, it ser- I'm seriously putting this out there right now to, to people and spread the word. But I'm going to say, don't text this in, because I only see the text line between six and eight p.m. Right? If you have a high school coach or athlete that you think it deserves a profile or has a great story and should be on Inside Sports, email it to me. Okay. Inside Sports at 630ched.com. So, inside sports, all one word at 630ched.com. And, and we'll do this. We'll try to do it sometime in April or May. Sound fair? Once we get through all the hockey schedule yeah. and all hey, the kerfuffle there. All that's right. awesome. I'd love it. That'd be great. Uh, pretty cool times here for a U of A football player who is coached by Chris Morris. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing very well. It's always good to catch up with you. And man, it's it's uh, exciting times here for your program. You know, Chris, we spent a lot of time in the fall talking about Ed Elnicky, who led the nation in rushing and won the Heck Crichton. But now we're talking about one of those guys, and you know what it's like, the position that always doesn't get uh, a lot of attention, but one of the offensive linemen who helped Ed rush for all those yards, and uh, that is Mark Cordy. First, before we get into some of the stuff Mark's been doing, here recently, um, j- just le- take us a little bit through his career, his progression, what he's meant to your team over the last four years.
1: Well, you know, it's been it's been really sort of a, a poster type uh, scenario for this kid. Like him and his buddy Justin Lawrence both played at Spruce Grove, so they were local kids. And when I took over the program, I was sort of going into my second year, so it was my first full recruiting year. Those two kids were getting honestly offers from everywhere, everywhere in the country. And I worked really hard on both of them, and they decided to trust us to come here and play. And it's been it's been remarkable. You know, both of them were at, were all Canadians this year, and Mark's really really taken it sort of the next level. He's uh, he's so athletic. He went down to the East West Shrine Game this year. He was one of the only two Canadian kids to get picked to go to that. And down there, he performed very very well. And a whole bunch of NFL teams, like eighteen NFL teams, contacted me directly about him. And then. Actually, somebody came up here and wanted to watch it, like watch it directly, and it's just been a real, real nice story for everybody.
2: We so we hear a lot about these pro days. Tell me what what the athlete has to go through on uh, on a day like that, because I, I imagine there's probably a lot of. Testing and they want numbers and weights and times and all that stuff. And but I know sometimes people say, "Well, who cares what your vertical jump is if you're an offensive, right?" You know what I mean. So, so what? Like, what do they? On. What do they actually have to do? What? What's get? What gets measured? Because it's, this is all outside of a game situation, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because everybody always says, you know, the tests don't matter. This doesn't matter. But you know who it matters to is those NFL guys. <laughs> they get fired if they bring the wrong guy in. So if right. they breathe the wrong way, they kind of watch, right? So <laughs> there's there's nothing that doesn't matter to those guys. So they come up and they want to see, you know, how far you can jump and how explosive you are and how quick you can move and how much you can bench and how big your hands are and how big your wingspan is. They measure everything. And uh, every single measurement for them is, a, is an important part of the puzzle. They put together on any given kid. So it's, you know, for them, I think, they, they just want to be very, very thorough. They're talking about a whole bunch of money, and it's, it really is their livelihood. to bring in the best possible players. So, you know, those events, he started off yesterday, and he did a whole bunch of measurements. Then he did, uh, he did his bench press, which he was quite a bit better than he was at the CFL Combine when he did it. Then he did the, the vertical jump, which he was top five of all the guys who tested down in the NFL Combine. He would have been in the top five for that. Then he did a bunch of agility drills, and he was all in the top, I think, top five or six for all those as well. So he, he showed remarkably well with the testing. And then when he got on the field and did his movement drills, that's where the kid really shined. Like at 295, there's been very few people, there's very few people either side of the board that moved the way he does. And it was just, uh, I think, eye-opening for everybody there. Just like when we were at the CFL Combine earlier this week or at last weekend, like when he did his movement drills, you could actually hear some scouts just be like, "Oh, like it's just he just looks different than a lot of other guys." And it's just you know, I I think he's got the athleticism he needs to play down there. It's just a matter of whether or not we can, you know, we can show and get enough scouts from down there to see him and to give him that opportunity.
2: Right. Well, and I think you made a good point about part of the challenge, right? Because there are so many uh, American players at that position, so it's trying to it's it's trying to stand out in this massive crowd, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's like his numbers. That's what you say. Well, does it really matter if a lineman can broad jump nine feet or eight feet, whatever? And I Probably not. <laughs> but if it gets somebody's attention, that's good. You know what I mean? And these guys are all looking for the measurables that can that sort of get their attention. And I think those Mark really has those. And that's one of those things. A lot of guys don't. They don't have the measurables. They don't test really well. And they're still really good football players. But Mark has a unique combination of both. So hopefully that's going to open some doors for him.
2: How did he handle the the pro day and going through through the CFL combine? Because that's got to be stressful, and he's still doing his schooling and everything else.
1: Yeah, know it's funny. The kids, uh, he's one of those flatline kids, right? Like he competes super, super hard, but he never gets he never really gets overly excited. He never really gets overly down. He just keeps playing, and he plays at a super high level all the time. And I think you know a benchmark of a mature player is someone who can sort of they play at that flat line level where they're very, very consistent. And he's got that down, he's had that down since,
2: he's, you know, since he was 18 and he was playing for us. So that's one of his big strengths. Okay. Chris Morris, Golden Bears football coach, joining us on Inside Sports. So that's exciting for Mark Cordy. Uh, what is going on with you guys? You got some spring stuff uh, happening or where are you at?
1: Yeah, you know it's funny, we have this bubble we practice in now. So we're really we go year round and it's uh, it's we do small group instruction with our kids every you know, all winter long, starting at you know, six thirty in the morning in January and all the way up till now. So it's it really doesn't end with us until until the end of April when exams are and that's you know, when they get a little bit of time to go off and work. But even then they're they're here in the evenings doing stuff with us. We've really in the last Four or five years we've transitioned from like a an in-season football program to someone like we work all year round and we have coaches here year-round and we we'll are watch them film with the kids year-round so it's you know if you compare the number of hours one of our kids puts in compared to like a CFL type player it's not even close just because of the you know we don't have a collective bargaining agreement where they have to sort of go away for eight months and then come back right so it's it's really really cool from our standpoint to see the growth in our players because not just academically where we support them to do all those things but like from a football standpoint the amount of time we can spend with them allows us to make tremendous games in the
2: offseason. Right on. Well, Chris, uh, it's been an exciting time for your program here, and uh, hopefully it keeps rolling into the fall and into another good season. Thanks for checking in tonight on Inside Sports.
1: Thanks very much, Reed. appreciate you having
2: me on. Chris Morris, Golden Bears football coach. Maple Leafs just scored. They lead the Panthers 4-2 with eight minutes left. I'll talk to you at 6 tomorrow night. Oilers game at 8.